Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat. Joining me today to look back on Saturday's superb 2-1 win at Oldham Athletic are our Argyle experts Chris Errington and Jack Ball. Hi guys. Hello. Hi, Jim. And joining us for one final time before his big money move to Leeds is Baron Cross. Hi, Baron. I don't know about big money. Well, <laughs> I don't know about big money, but yes, it is my I, I've not seen any fee, put it that way. <laughs> um, no, honestly, mate, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and yeah. um, work with you for so long. Thank you. Off to Leeds. Yeah, I've, I've not put anything out yet, but um, yeah, for those people who don't know, I'm, uh, this is my last week at the Herald, so um, I've got a week in the office and then we're doing... Quite a good game on Saturday, really. Blackburn Rovers at home park. Seems like quite a good one to finish on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm heading up north and uh, our employers have got a new project up in Leeds called Leeds Live. So I'll be reporting on Leeds United and um, who knows, maybe maybe Argyle and Leeds may meet in the Cup or in the Championship. Uh, Never seen that. Yeah. I've already heard it said I expected Tumani Diograga sort of goodbye at the end when you walk around <laughs> and pitch wave to all the fans. Yeah, so the, the Stewies might have to hold me back on Saturday <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I go around the Lindhurst and pull my laptop and pens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly go up to Leeds with our with our best wishes. Thank you, mate. Yeah, it's, been, it's, been it's, uh, it's been a little over two years. It's been, it's yeah, been it's fantastic. Been I think Chris and Jack can't believe my luck and sort of coming here in time and mm. to uh, coincide with a playoff final promotion and two matches at Liverpool. It's, um, it's been brilliant, and I know it's not always supposed to be that good, but it's been been a fantastic experience. I really enjoyed it, and I think I'll always follow Argyle. So to Chris, yeah, week, yeah. I'll always follow Argyle now, always. Yeah. Well, of course, your penultimate game was the game on Saturday up at Oldham. A huge win for Argyle, given yeah. the context of where they are in the table right now. I mean, had they lost that game, of course, Oldham would have really closed the gap on Argyle. Absolutely. They built that nice little gap between themselves and the relegation zone. Yeah, yeah. We, we made that point on Saturday that um, I think we've, they've got these two big games coming up on the horizon. They've got Shrewsbury and Blackburn, who are in fantastic form. And there's a very real possibility they, they may take nothing from those games. So it was important to get those three points to keep them ticking over, keep this... It's brilliant momentum they've been on. I mean, they 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 only got one point from uh, from six against Doncaster and Wigan, and I think if they lost at Oldham, there's the risk that sort of the, the, the momentum might have been lost. But they've kept it going now, and it, and it feels like the, the, this this period of fantastic results and play that they're they're putting on at the moment is, is really stretched out. And I think, like you say, I mean, it's nine points now to Oldham, so I think that they're putting some crucial uh, breathing space between themselves and the bottom four. Yeah, Chris, one defeat and ten now. Yeah, it is. It's six wins, three draws, and you know from from the last ten games, and you, your mind goes back to that run of games with eight defeats out of nine earlier on in the season. It's it's been a remarkable turnaround, really. And um, you know, as Baron rightly says, you know the, the game against Oldham was a key one. If Oldham win that, they're three points behind Argyle, and they're now nine points behind with a worse goal difference. Mm. You know, yes, there's sixteen games to go, but you know that's one team that's going to have to go some to catch Argyle. Um, and there's you know two or three others that are down around the bottom of the table as well so yeah it was a really important win wasn't a great game you know bobbly pitch windy cold January not not the best but they did the job and you know in the middle of winter you, you're not really going to get too many classic games like that you've just got to go there roll your sleeves up get the three points and get home again yeah indeed um, a couple of star performers uh, Remy Matthews certainly seemed to catch the eye on the on the highlights with a couple of fantastic saves yeah, I mean, the, the second one in particular, uh, from where Beren and I were sat, we, we had a good view of that yeah, one, didn't we? Yeah, we were right behind it. Um, and it was a good glancing header. You know, I think eight, nine times out of ten, that would have been a goal. Um, but Remy Matthews showed some excellent reflexes. Uh, Dave Roundtree got a good picture of it as well, actually, um, which we uh, we put online. And um, at that stage of the game, that would have made it 2-2 with an, half an hour to go. 
Oldham would have had all the momentum behind them. They would have, uh, you know, they'd have really fancied their chances to go on and win the game. So, you know, that was a key save, a really important time in the game. After that, Oldham pressed and they sort of had half chances, but they, I don't think they really had a clear cut chance after that. And I, I thought in the last ten minutes, Argyle did a good job of winding the clock down. You know, they played for the corners. It's not particularly attractive when you see uh, a bloke surrounded by three opposition players and the corner flag as far away from his own goal as possible, wasting valuable seconds. But you're away from home, you need the win. You've got to do, um, it. Got to do it. Ryan Taylor, even Simon Church, when he came on for a few minutes, you know, they, they just showed their experience, kept the ball as far away from the goal as possible. And unlike at Blackpool, when Jack and I were there and stoppage time, and it felt inevitable that Blackpool were going to get that late goal. Uh, without tempting fate, I, I was sat there thinking, I, I, I think I'm yeah. ever going to see this one through. Yeah. Um, was it a cl- classic kind of Argyle performance? You obviously got the, the goals in the first half. But... <laughs> there was nothing classic about Saturday. No, it was, um, <laughs> at all. It's one that won't live long in the memory. Um, it, it was, it, it, like Chris says, it was just a case of going up there. It was a gritty, horrible winter's day. They went up there, got the three points and got home. Um, I, I think... Um, I think a classic Argyle performance is possibly more defensive than they were. I mean, in that in that period between the tenth and twentieth minutes in the first half, when they got the two goals, they were rampant. I mean, it couldn't be three or four. I mean, they were brilliant. They completely blitzed Oldham off the park. And like Chris says, they they, they, they were under pressure, but they never really it never really felt like they were going to concede. But um, yeah, I mean, I suppose you could say it's a little bit classic. I mean, going somewhere, being put under pressure for a prolonged period, and coming away with the three points. Uh, but it certainly wasn't a wasn't a match that was easy on the eye. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't entertaining. Well, what about Ruben Ramirez? And I mean, he, he he gets the second goal up at Oldham on Saturday. If if I remember rightly, it was Oldham at home that he made his kind of comeback in, Correct. wasn't it? And That's right. Just weeks after he'd been up there on on mm-hmm. trial. So, what a, what a fantastic turnaround for him! Absolutely. I mean, you've put on the little script that you've done for his kindly studio. Oldham must hate the sight of him. And they must <laughs> do, you know, because they had him on trial, and then you know a couple of months later he's played in two wins against them, scored a goal in it, um, revived his Argyle career in the process, and. Um, I think the thing that I was impressed with Ruben Ramirez on, on Saturday was I, I didn't think he had a great game against Wigan the previous Saturday. And I think it was quite important for him to have a good, good strong game against Oldham just to solidify his place in the team. And um, he scored the goal, right place at the right time. But I thought defensively he, he did well. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that sometimes looks at him and thinks he's a little bit easily knocked off the ball at times. I thought he really got stuck in. You know, it, it was a, one of those days where you roll your sleeves up and you've got to fight and track back and tackle. And I, I thought he, he did as well defensively as he did um, offensively. So, um, yeah, he had a good game. And, and that goal and performance, you know, we'll, we'll see him in the team for the next few games. And it's just up to him now just to keep that momentum going. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's made a good impact. I thought Anthony Sarsavik possibly had one of his best games for Argyle. Um, scored a cracking goal, yeah, lovely volley. Barrett and I have talked recently about you know he's been getting into some good goal scoring mm. positions so it's good to see him convert that one but he played with a lot of energy a lot of drive he was up and down the pitch he was um, you know setting up attacks he was back cutting out crosses which were cut back into the penalty area I thought he had a good strong game now the key for him can he sort of produce performances like that you know six seven times out of ten because mm. if he can then he's going to be a, a regular in the team I just think it's consistency is is a, is an issue, and um, but if he can play like that, he will be a very yeah. useful contributor. Well, for when you look back, I mean, he obviously released by Shrewsbury last mm. year, and they probably felt that he wasn't given that kind of consistency. Yeah. 
which is why he ended up at Argyle. So no, um, no, that's that's the challenge for it's, him. It's, it's, it's that to him? But I, I thought he had a didn't you? I think you mentioned in a tweet during the goal on the yeah. blog, didn't you? Yeah, um, in, in, in the first half, yeah, I um, I drew attention to it on Twitter. It just felt like he was he, he was just doing the things he hadn't been doing in previous weeks. You know, he was um, he was a strong runner from midfield. He was very committed. He, he wasn't losing possession as he has done in the past. He was accurate with his passing. And he was making those late runs into the box, which ended up in, in getting that goal that he's been threatening to, isn't he? I mean, if you, if you were a betting tipster, you'd have, you'd have been you'd be telling people every week, you know, mm. stick a five on Sarsovich to score at some point because he's getting in these positions, and at some point it's gonna it's gonna happen. So yeah, he was he was impressive, and I, I like Jamie Ness as well. I thought he was very committed, and his I loved his tackling. It was brilliant. I mean, you know, a good old proper English tackle. I mean, it was. I know he's a Scottish player, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's a. A proper, you know, a domestic tackle in one of the lower divisions, and it was, you know, from the from the get go. I thought he was he was brilliant at trying to win the ball back, um, and yeah, I think I think Sarsvich probably does stand out as, yeah. as, a, as a standout performer. Yeah. Jack, from a fan's point of view, then obviously looking at the league table, it makes it a lot better reading for for the Green Army than it did only a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's great for fans to be able to look at the playoffs and just just dream a little bit. You know, that's why you paid the money. You know, it may well not happen, but it's much better than looking at the table and thinking, oh, can we get out of relegation? There's something for them to hope for. It should bring in bigger crowds, especially for the game coming up against Blackburn. And I think it's just refreshing to see the likes of Lemiris, uh, Sarsovic, Ness make the most of their chances because they weren't in the team for long periods, Ness for injury. Um, but it proves to any of the other players that aren't in the team it's not too late if you make the most of your chance when you get it you can have a good run in the team yeah. and that's what quite a few players have done now yeah we'll, uh, we'll leave Oldham on on uh, a message we got from Mike Day who said the Royal Mail predicted the result on Saturday that Oldham postcode or the Boundary Park postcode is OL12PA quite fitting which, uh, very fitting mm-hmm. indeed mm-hmm. Um, Lewis is asking where do you think Argyle will finish in the remainder of the season good question well, yeah it is Question, yeah. Yeah, it could, it could, be, could go either couldn't it? It could go anyway, really, couldn't it? I mean, they have played more games than a lot of the teams in the division. In fact, I think they've played more games than, than virtually anyone else. Um, so let's get to sort of 52, 53 points as quick as we can and uh, and then reassess from, from there. I think if we get to 52, 53, then you're going to stay up. That's five wins. So, you know, hopefully they can uh, tick them off the list fairly quickly and, and go from there. You know, uh, let's get League One status secure. From, from my point of view let's get it secure and then take it from there so that's not really a prediction is it but no, you know no. what I mean <laughs> is it, they're quite right the table is so close as mm. is a lot of the, the, the English tables at the moment are just so tight I mean, it really could go either way and you spoke about how the result of Oldham could have really made the table look different yeah. and I think there'll be quite a few games like that this season mm-hmm. where a win can make you suddenly be much further apart and a loss will drag you back into it so there'll be a lot of teams looking over their shoulder but also a lot of teams looking forward and thinking we, we could do it if we put a run together I think the next two games will be interesting. Obviously, Argot playing very well against Wigan despite the loss. Um, and if they can get something out of Blackburn and Shrewsbury, I think that'll be a bonus. Mm. And then it just shows, I think this season has been, it's been such an obvious learning curve. I think Derek Adams for the players, you've just seen the sort of upward trajectory yeah. as the season's gone. And that can only bode well going into the rest of the campaign and forward. Yeah, I mean, Derek Adams said uh, quite early on, didn't he? He was surprised by League mm. One. I, so, think, I, think, I think I was as well. You know, I. I was one of the people that was very clear that I thought there wasn't much of a difference between League 2 and League 1, but I think maybe Argyle showing possibly there has been. Blackpool started well, but now they're starting mm. to struggle, so every team's having to adapt, and, and I think Derek Adams, his management expertise has come to the fore as the season's gone on, because he has adapted well, and despite some criticism from fans earlier in the season, he's finding a way to get wins now. Yeah, I think he deserves a lot of credit, actually, because mm. uh, you know he really went back to basics, get a solid... Yeah. I mean, we spoke about it on the podcast quite a lot, didn't we? Go back yeah. to basics, solid defence... 
and you've seen the evolution of the team and how much more attacking they are now and scoring Absolutely. goals and yeah. creating more chances. It's amazing when you think back to sort of, I mean, I, I think we were always quite fair and quite objective about Adams in his future. And I think we'd always said that, you know, he needed results here and there. He got them when he needed them. I mean, yeah. We mentioned those three games, didn't we? The Wimbledon, Northampton and Gillingham games, one yeah. or three of those. And look at him now. I mean, he's he's that good manager we all knew he was at the end of last season. I mean, he's slowly evolved the team. I think injuries have helped. We we all know about the red cards and the injuries and, and the problems they cause. But now he's got that settled unit. Is he been able to sort of change it a little bit? You know, when he well, when he went more narrow with Lamiras and Carey playing off Taylor um, from the, the last Oldham game actually, and um, they seem quite settled now, don't they? I mean, they seem they seem quite happy in what they're doing. We're now sort of riding that sort of that sort of um, period after Diego Alves' exit so we're sort of seeing how the team's going to settle down after that he clearly wants another midfielder you know with, with what he went with when going after um, Conor Grant last week so it does feel it does feel quite promising at the moment if, as long mm. as they can avoid avoid injuries Ryan Taylor is so important yeah he's really, we have got to keep him it makes you wonder how we could have done in the early stages yeah. so you were both at Peterborough also, but you said that, yeah. that was so encouraging before his, he, he got yeah, injured it was actually quite good I mean Grant McCann came out so straight after so playing with Argyle have no trouble in this division if they play like that and that was with Ryan Taylor for what a half he was on for 45 minutes so I mean it does make you wonder what if yeah. I mean if, if they'd had what I mean seven or eight more points if he'd been playing look where they'd be yeah exactly he'd be right up there the, 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 sort of fighting the playoffs if there is a, a slight black mark against Eric Adams' name, I guess it probably is the transfer last week with, uh, of Conor Grant. And he's, he's, I mean, to be fair to Derek Adams, he's come out and said, he's held his hands up said, my fault, or the management's fault. Mm. You know, we got it wrong with that one. It's a shame, and it's a crazy rule really, isn't it? That you can only play for two clubs, but as Derek Adams says, the rules are in place, they've got to abide by them. I can feel a checker trade trophy rant coming on, Stu. <laughs> That's why I looked at you for this one, Chris. I can feel a rant about that coming on. Um, do, you, do you not like a checker trophy? <laughs> I think, you know, Derek Adams is the manager of the football club and he, he's right to take responsibility and the football management. He said the football management team take full responsibility yeah. and that's that's right and proper, you know. Um, whether it's all his fault is another question, isn't it? Uh, because, you know, there's lots of people involved in, in deals and transfers and loans and things like that. Um, you know, I don't think Everton can be blameless either. Um, you know, from talking to Derek Adams, you know, that they've been talking to Everton for quite a while about this deal. It wasn't something that just came up at the last minute. So um, you could point your finger at, say, Derek Adams and say, well, why didn't he know that Conor Grant played this one game for Everton under-21s? But there's lots of people that mm. could have found that out. Yeah, the team as well, really. And Everton. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's very disappointing. Um, it's clearly somebody he'd been after for a while, clearly somebody he'd rated. Um, and it's disappointing for the player as well because he's now stuck in a situation where he, he can't play any more first-team football this season unless he somehow forces his way into the first team at Everton, which, you know... Can he go back to Crew? He could go back to Crew. Um, so that's, that's a potential uh, option for them. Um, but check a trade trophy. The idea of having these... Premier League under-21 teams is to aid the development of young players. And by playing in one game against Notts County in August, his development has been stunted because he now can't play for Plymouth Argyle over the last three months of the season. Now, I would love to hear Sean Harvey or anyone from the EFL defend that. Now, that's the rule. It's a FIFA rule. It's not a Football League rule. It's not an FA rule. You cannot play for more than two clubs. Um in the same season um, so to me it's another reason and there's quite a few of them why 
Premier League under-21 teams in the, in the Checker Trade Trophy is ridiculous and it should be scrapped. And unfortunately, we already know that it's going to carry on next season. I just think it's ridiculous. Adam seemed to think the rule was going to change this year, didn't he? He said I mean, that was he one said, of... He said it was something that was flagged up last season mm. and expected as a part of the other changes mm. that this would be something they get rid of. And, and it's kind of bitten him again. And they might, they, they might be able to try and tweak it, but as it's a FIFA rule, I'm not sure mm. how they do it. How they they do don't it. only do it by saying under-23 get all the mm. games for the under-23 sides are not... Mm. First team games. Yeah, I mean, you know, Conor Grant's twenty two, so you're thinking that he's probably not going to become a first team regular at Everton. Yeah. So he needs to play football at twenty two and yeah. find himself a club. And now he's stuck in this position where he could go back to Crew. I don't know if that's a possibility or not. He's not going to probably get in the Everton first team. So for the for the next six months, he's not going to play any first team football yeah. at a crucial time in his career. Um, yeah, Checker Trade Crow Trophy is just it's just ridiculous. Anyway, point, rant over. I think the point, <laughs> the point you just made there is is crucial in, in the fact that. You know the checker trade. Then I'm going to come out and deem it as not a first team fixture because they're almost mocking their own competition, aren't they? Yeah. They say that it's not a first team yeah. fixture. But Chris is right; it's, it's totally ridiculous. And mm. we were asked the question in the web chat, and I wrongly suggested suggested that it might not count because it's another 21 game before I got clarification. And, and maybe that's what happened. Maybe some people at Everton, rightly or wrongly, didn't think that that would count as a first team fixture because it's the under 21 team. Yeah. So am I right in thinking then he was on loan at Crew? Yes. And then went back to Everton just to play in the under 23. No, 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 no. No, he played for the Everton under 21s in August. Oh, and then he went, then he went to Crew. Okay, I see. And then uh, the loan ended in, at the start of January, and so he was available. And they've obviously been talking a while. I mean, Derek Adams, when we saw him after the game on Saturday, said that the pa- the papers were being filled in and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it was it was a very late thing before somebody realised somebody flagged up that it was a problem. He spoke to you with some confidence on Thursday, didn't he? Yes, he was yes. Very he wasn't giving names, but he yeah. was he, he gave me enough information yeah. and conviction to believe it was going to happen, and it, it clearly was. I mean, um, and also the trouble is going forward now. You've got a situation where these invited teams are going to have to think: Oh, we're going to risk playing up. You might have the reserves of the reserves yeah. playing because they don't want to yeah. risk these players going out on loan because they played in one game potentially they could go out in the group and that's three games well, exactly and yeah again it stunts their development just whatever way you look at it it's just a farce yeah uh, we've had a question from Chris saying after the embarrassment of Grant from Everton who will our goal turn to now or do you think they will settle with what they've got and give one of the youngsters some game time it's, it sounds as though he's still looking for yeah I mean in the same conversation we had after the game on Saturday he said that he's still got some irons in the fire at other clubs um, and he's sounded you know hopeful confident you know that they you know be able to get somebody else in um, if you remember the transfer deadline day last year, Matty Kennedy arrived not long before the deadline, and uh, Lewis Rooney went out on loan to Hartlepool virtually on the deadline, sort of thing. So, you know, there's, there's clearly been lots of clubs sort of holding on to players for as long as possible, assessing the best options of where people go and, and the whole the whole mix. So, um, yeah, he sounded reasonably hopeful. You never know, and you know, the Conor Grant situation is a good example of why you can never. Um, assume anything's going to happen until it's done. But um, you know, I'd be, from what he said after the game on Saturday, I'd be surprised if uh, if there wasn't a midfielder coming in. So yeah. after the first half of the campaign, he's not going to want to leave himself short with in, if injuries no. take hold again. You know, he's he's experienced that now and will not want that to happen again. No. Although that said, there are players there. I mean, you know, you've just spoken about Jamie Ness. In fact, we've got a question from Stephen Court saying there's obviously a lot of demand <coughs> wanting a replacement for Tombs. But are we being unfair to Jamie Ness and not giving him enough credit, or is it simply we need more strength in that area? You mentioned Ness and how well he played on Saturday. There's Cameron Sanders yeah. ready to come in as well. So I, th- I think it's it's a body, isn't it? You want to get a body in there, just whether it's um, whether it's somebody to come on the bench or somebody to mm. um, to go straight into the first team. I think you just want the strength and depth because, as Jack just alluded to, you know, it takes a couple of injuries and suddenly you're a bit lacking in the middle of the park. I mean, on Saturday Zach Viner was ill, so Jan Songo had to get pulled into um, 
into defence. So if that happens again, that's immediately one less central midfielder. You've then got Fox shuffling back. You've still got Sarsovic in there. Something happens to Sarsovic or Ness. Who then comes into the middle, you're then sacrificing Graham Carey to pull him deeper. Or, yeah. you know, you're looking to somebody like Cameron Sankster, who objectively probably isn't isn't quite ready for League One football, um, based on what I've seen in the Youth Cup. So I think it is a body. Uh, I think I think Ness will get a chance and certainly did himself um, um, plenty of favours on Saturday with his performance. But you know, when you've got these windows, you know, you've got to take your opportunity to strengthen whilst you can. And Adam doesn't want to be sat there in March thinking what could have been when they're fading away to 18th, 19th, when mm. if they got the body he wanted, they could have been 8th or 9th, maybe. Yeah. And it's almost better to have too much than, than exactly. too little. Jamie Ness knows that. It's, it's competition for places. The thing yeah. is, you know, Stephen asked, are we being unfair on Jamie Ness? I don't think looking at his injury history, it's unfair to think we might no. should have someone in yeah. just in case he gets injured again. That, I don't think that's being unfair or not giving him enough credit. I'm sure Derek will hope Jamie Ness stays in the team and stays fit and keeps doing well. But history shows you can't guarantee. Can't rely on that. No, that's right. Uh, another question from Jack. Derek Adams is receiving plaudits, but why was he so keen to unload Ramirez on loan and not even playing alongside Jake Jervis and Taylor? Such is benefiting now and scoring some good, some good goals. Still not convinced with Derek Adams' tactics, however. I'll reserve the right to alter my opinion after the next two <laughs> tough games. What do the Green, Ar- Green Army want, Barry? <laughs> it's a thankless task, isn't it? It is. You can't believe it's a sometimes. I mean, look at what he's done to them. I mean, look at where they were and where they are mm. now. And you're still not liking the tactics and he's going away from home and winning matches. They've got the best home form in the division. I mean, I don't, I don't know what more you want. Um, what was the other first part of his comment? Why was he so keen to unload the mirrors? Because the mirrors probably wasn't showing what he's he, showing now. No, I mean, we saw a lot of reserve games as well, and he wasn't he's been doing a passenger, it himself, to be honest. Was. I mean, he had a few sniffs uh, off the bench, and he never really grasped it, did he? I mean, he, he shows us those um, flashes of technical brilliance, but you need to show more than that in a Derek yeah. Adams team, especially when he was quite to go wide with Jervis and Grant. So, I mean, that's why he was keen to unload him, because he was a player whose wages on the wage budget at that moment he didn't really want to have there it was money he could free up by sending him out on trial so he took the opportunity but mm. thankfully as Adam said to Chris you know Lemaris has come back with this re- renewed attitude and realised mm. the grass isn't maybe as green on the other side as he thinks and, and it's worked it's paid off you know, I mean you could say it was good management of Derek Adams in December to say to Ruben Lemaris go off and play on trial and old and yeah. see, what, see what happens up there see what it's like at a different club Ruben Ramirez has come back and you know he's clearly thought mm, you know, I think I wouldn't really mind staying at Plymouth Argyle if I could yeah. um, they've drawn a line under you know the first part of his season which you know wasn't the best I mean he was good in pre-season but um, I, I never saw anything in the first couple of months of the season which suggested he should be a regular in the first team a couple of the reserve games I saw and I know a couple that Barron saw he didn't stand out in the reserves in the Central League no. Um but he's come back, he's been given a second chance to draw on that line and having seen that the grass isn't always greener on the other side, he's come in and put in some good performances. Yeah. So you, you could argue that's good management to get something out of a player that wasn't contributing something. I think you made a good point season. earlier as well when you picked up on the defensive side of his mm. game because yeah. you know 95% of a player's game, they've not got the ball. Absolutely. But it's what they do in that 95%. And if he's been mm. working hard in his defensive game and that's developed, yeah. that's probably what's got him his opportunity in the team, not what he's, you know, the technical mm. bits of brilliance that we have seen yeah. in these reserve Absolutely. games. It also shows that Derek Ham's not too stubborn to give someone a chance if they change in training. You know, he mm. see, we, we all need to remember that Derek Ham sees these players a lot more than we see them. And actually, it's probably an indication to the rest of the team that actually, if you're not playing well enough, you can, you can leave. Yeah, and I think it's a good indication for the rest of the team it's a good indication that he's willing to give people a go if they're good enough and if they perform well enough yeah so obviously a couple of days before the transfer deadline shuts we're expecting a midfielder do you, 
I I'm, guess the, the outgoing is going to be interesting, aren't they? Because yeah. obviously Jordan Bentley's had this really unfortunate broken leg now. Yeah. What happens with Jacob Sokolik? Does he stay or does he go? Does no. another defender come uh, in? Uh, you know, I asked Derek Adams that last week and he said that the unfortunate injury to Jordan Bentley and, and good luck to him for yeah, a speedy indeed. recovery because it, by, by all accounts it was a particularly nasty, nasty break. So good luck to him. But the, the manager said that um, the, the injury to Jordan Bentley didn't affect the situation uh, surrounding Jakob Sokolik so yeah, there's still got to be a possibility he'll go although you know um, if, if it, it appears to Derek Adams that he's not going to be able to get a defender in then he might keep him for the numbers that we were just um, we were just talking about because you definitely don't want to leave yourself no. short after the after the window shut so um, yeah there's, there's definitely possibility for, for ins and, and outs um, you know the midfielder I think is clearly something that he would like to do um, you know, striker maybe, uh, centre back depending on on Sokolik. but you know some of this isn't in his control, and um, uh, I suspect that probably Tuesday, even Wednesday, there might be almost like a domino effect that one or two deals happen, and then um, things happen from there. So it, yeah. it it could be, and 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 Derek Adams didn't rule it out when I asked him about it last week. He doesn't rule out the fact that there could be a, a late deal or two on Wednesday. Yeah. So watch this space. Yeah, absolutely. Watch yeah. this space. We're going to be running the live blog, of course, for today, tomorrow, and the big one on, on Wednesday on Transfer Deadline Day. So uh, stay logged on to the Herald. And we should also just mention, while we're talking about live blogs and things like that, Argyle are playing uh, Swindon Town at Home Park, weather permitting, Yeah. Um, on Tuesday, 1 o'clock in Central League South. It's been a while since they played a game. Uh, and I'll be there doing a match report. Berrin's going to be there doing the live blog. So... Um, a lot of the guys that haven't been in the first team recently, you would imagine, will get run-outs. Miller, Hainsworth, Sokolik. Jervis, you know. So it'll be quite a strong team. Yeah, we quite a strong team. Leatherham back as well. Leatherham. Taylor Sinclair. Yeah, Taylor Sinclair, who came off uh, as a sub very late in the game on, on Saturday. So uh, you'd imagine a strong team. So um, a good way of keeping up to date with, uh, with that game. Yeah, indeed. Uh, finally then, guys, moving on to Blackburn on Saturday. A question from Tom. Can we end Blackburn's run on the automatic places? Do we play two up top at home? Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, do you think trying to hit them on the break may be a little too predictable? Well, I wondered when they played Wigan if they would try and hit them on the break. And in the first half against Wigan, they, they didn't anything but. I thought they took the game to Wigan. And with slightly better moments, and we talked about them in the podcast last week, they could easily have been in the lead at half-time uh, against Wigan. So... Uh, you would have thought they'll try and play the same way they did against Blackburn, get on the front foot. They've, they've had a good run of form at home. Um, the, the result against Wigan was certainly not a disgrace. You, you, know, you look at that Wigan team and the way they outplayed West Ham on yeah. Saturday in the FA Cup. I know it wasn't West Ham's full team, but I saw the highlights on, on the TV. And, and Nick Powell and, and co were absolutely running rings around that West Ham team. And Bournemouth as well. Yeah, so, um, so I, I, I think Arkell did pretty well against Wigan. Yeah. If they put in a performance like they did against Wigan and just... Don't concede at bad times. Um, yeah, why not? Um, Blackburn drew one one at home to Northampton. Yeah. Uh, Northampton on a, on an upswing. So, um, you know, Blackburn, crowd, Blackburn will be favourites. Yeah, I mean that was good. Another good thing about the Oldham game. You know, if you went to the Wigan game, you'd have thought Argyle played well, even though they lost. And they've gone to Oldham and got a good two one win. They're thirteenth in the table. We know that Blackburn have said they've sold around a thousand tickets already. Um, Baron's last game. Don't leave early. You would like yeah. to think it's going to be over twelve thousand and uh, <clears throat> and maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah. So, it, and and if you look at it historically, you know former Premier League champions coming to home park in a league game, two informed teams, 
Um, there's not been better, many better league games and of this standard yeah. at home park since the championship. So it's really still a big team. They've got it, a big manager. They've got some big players. It's definitely got that pull it, to it. it. You know, it is going to be, and I think we can genuinely call it a big game. Big yeah. crowd, two informed teams, two two sets of good players, a good away support, which you know always helps the atmosphere inside the ground when there's a few away fans there. It's, it should be a cracker. That's what surprised me with the Wigan game. Actually, it was just like seeing the highlights and seeing how many seats were full. It looked like Home Park was not far off. Yeah, well, it was, really. it was twelve thousand, just short of twelve thousand yeah. for that one. And you know, like I say, I'd like to think there might be a few more yeah, there on so. on Saturday. It'd be a be a really good game. Yeah, nice one to go out on then, Baron. Yeah, it's, it's worked out quite well, isn't it? It's, um, I'm, I'm very, very excited. Like Chris says, it's uh, it's quite a big, prestigious name, isn't it? Blackburn Rovers are in fantastic form. and It'll be interesting to see if Argyle can uh, halt this run um, on their automatic places, as Tom Tom asks. But, um, yeah, I mean, Blackburn are a pretty good team, aren't they? I mean, I wasn't at the weekend game, but I'm expecting it to be quite a similar setup. Um, from Bradley Dax a really good player, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. And we saw him yeah. up at Ewood Park that <laughs> night and he scored. Night. Yeah. He, he is a real, real goal scorer. I mean, Nick Powell is making a good case for League One Player of the yeah. Year, but I'll tell you what, Bradley Dax wouldn't be far behind him. They, mm. the, the, the two of them as sort of just playing in behind the main striker, um, a real handful. Brad, Bradley Dax a very, very good player. Yeah. Indeed. But, but I've got a few good ones at the moment. They're, well, doing, yes, all right. yeah, they're doing all right. Let's not underestimate so, it. You know, no. six wins, three draws out of ten in a league as competitive as League One. You're doing something right. Absolutely. Mm. And then after that, Baron, what will your first game be up at Leeds? Well, I've got to wait and see how I'm going to be used. But um, I think the first match is Bristol City at Ellen Road. So that's the Saturday after I start. So I think that's probably most likely. And then it's away to Derby County the following Tuesday. So. Chris is teaming up for a few of the championship rounds he's done, and uh, I've advised him on the... better Wi-Fi yeah. and better food. <laughs> You'd have to go sort out that badge up there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm good up there. Knock some heads together. Right, well that's uh, <clears throat> that's all we've got time for this week. Excuse me, I need to go get some water. Uh, Baron, as I say, we wish all the very best with you move up to Leeds. Uh, Chris and Jack, thanks for joining me as well, and no thanks problem. to you out there for listening. We'll be back again next week with more of the same. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.